Welcome to The Sovereign CEO, a podcast where we explore what it really means to become powerful beyond measure. Expect to hear incredible stories about possibility, creativity, business, self-mastery, and of course, the great awakening. I'm here to be your hype girl, to give you strategic tools that help you win, and to shed a light on things that you really need to know. Let's work on mastering your mindset and mastering your mission so you can build an empire, live a purpose-driven life, and create more freedom within it, no matter what the world around you is doing. What's up, friends? Welcome to the Sovereign CEO podcast. We have a really good episode for all my Gen X viewers out there today. Um, I'm talking to my friend, Amanda Steele. Amanda Steele is the side hustle queen. She helps show midlifers how to have confidence and self-belief so that they can build legacy-worthy side hustles. So we all know it's important to build additional streams of revenue right now. Why I wanted to bring Amanda on is I love, love, love that she has chosen this particular niche and that she is helping midlifers be brave out there in the digital space. Um, you know what? Building a side hustle, it's not a nice to have. It's not a luxury. I believe it's 100% necessary right now. So if you're falling into this category, even if you're not a midlifer, if you are thinking about having a side hustle, um, this might be a good episode for you to listen to. Before we get into this week's show, I have to pay the bills. This episode is brought to you by The Sovereign CEO. This is my group coaching membership for awake and freedom-minded businesses who want to blow up their brand and their business in the digital space. Everyone in here is super rad. Everyone is awake. Everyone shares the same, well, not all the same values, but you know, it's just a good place to be good people inside. I coach in there every single week. Uh, we do business coaching, tech coaching. We have a kick-ass online course that helps you develop your brand. Uh, we do uh, long content creation sessions with our members each and every month. I bring in the very best experts in self and business mastery. It's everything that you need to find success in the digital space without it being overwhelming, without you feeling like you need to be on Zoom or on your phone all day long. Um, it's a place where you can go to get exactly what you need to be successful in 2024. And again, the people, they really make the space here. So um, you can find those show notes in, you can find the show notes in the show notes. You can find the link for that in the show notes. Um, also, I'm a proud member of The Wellness Company. The Wellness Company stands up for medical freedom. They are made up of awake doctors and pharmacists who want to get you off of pharmaceuticals wherever possible with natural supplements, health plans. And guys, they don't just make supplements. They have a huge vision for transforming healthcare in Canada. It's already happening in the United States. You can get telehealth medicine. You can connect with these awake doctors. They sell uh, emergency medical kits. Eventually, fingers crossed, we get all that good stuff in Canada as well. But in the meantime, it's a company that I want to link arms with. I take spike support daily because whether you got the pokey poke are around people who did or you got the virus, uh, you probably have spike protein in your body. And people are continuing to have blood clots and heart attacks. There's so many negative negative effects of the spike protein and spike support is the only science-backed product that I know of that helps to break down spike protein in the body. So you can find a link for that as well in the show notes. And last but not least, you're going to hear me talk about gold and silver a lot because it's a practical way to protect your money and grow it during this collective time of uncertainty. So I use a really amazing system that does things that the physical store just can't. I do still buy from physical stores as well, but 
I had a lot of questions when I used to buy, like what happens if I need to turn this into cash? What happens if I leave the country? How do I know it's verifiable? Uh, the system that I use solves all of those problems. There is no minimums or maximums. Everything is certified. You can store it digitally or have it in their seven layers secure vault. You can have it shipped to you. They provide all the education that you need uh, in order to invest wisely. And they help me basically protect my money. So defensive, but also offensive right? I also build wealth. I buy investment pieces. Uh, I also get paid to work with the company. That's a whole other just segment of the company that you can choose to take part in. I do because I think it's genius. I basically have a self-funding gold and silver account at this point. Isn't that cool? Again, uh, we were talking about additional streams of revenue. Here it is. What better way to do that than with silver and gold? Okay, guys, um, let's get ready for today's show. We're going to talk a little bit about the financial climate. We're going to talk a little bit about why it's important to have a side hustle. And again, Gen Xers, listen up because this one is definitely for you. How do we make this whole process seem easy and accessible? Because uh, the truth is anyone can do this. We just got to get over some mindset hurdles in order to actually do the thing. So let's get into the show. I'm excited to hear your thoughts about the podcast after. Um, let's get into it. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Sovereign CEO podcast. I have with me today my friend Amanda Steele. Amanda, welcome to the podcast. Hey, how are you? I'm so good. I'm so good. It's been a bananas week and I'm just back in the office and that feels good. Yeah, you had a big week last week. It's a big week. <laughs> so... Amanda, um, I met you through Sarah Swain's Monetize Your Mind community. We came together in um, this chaos of, of 2020. Um, so I was receiving some business coaching from you in that container. Um, I, yeah, I, I love what you taught there. And we've since become internet friends here as well. We have met in person a couple of times, but for yeah. the people here that maybe don't know who you are, um, what is, um, yeah, who, who's Amanda? Who's Amanda? So I am, I am a Gen Xer who decided, has decided along the way to make a hobby of just always reinventing myself. I started that process, uh, more than 10 years ago now, when my first marriage collapsed, it was a reinvention process that I went through. And then five years ago, I decided to leave the safety of a government job with a pension and benefits and all the things and pack it all in and just say, nope, I want a different lifestyle. I want to take my time freedom back. I want to take my, my, my own self-worth back. I'm not going to allow people to determine a dollar value of what I'm worth uh, for every hour of my time. So I, I left and I had a zero plan. I left in 2019 with zero plan other than I wanted to connect with more women and I wanted to learn how to make money online. I wanted to work less and make more for myself. Okay. So you left, you left your government, the LCBO is a government job, correct? Yeah. It's a crown corporation here in Ontario. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you got out right before shit hit the fan, wise, <laughs> and you started. Was, it was yeah. interesting. Like that was a totally interesting situation because my husband and I had gone to Costa Rica, and at the base of this volcano, he kind of said, "You know, we should get married." And I took that as <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay, let's let's get married." <laughs> And so I came home and I, well, before we even left Costa Rica, I was like, I don't think I can go back to work. Something's changed. It feels really difficult. And mm -hmm. that was in May. And in June, I had, I was taking a sick leave, but that started, that transition had started back in January of 2019. When I said to my boss, that's it. That's the last Christmas I work. I'm not doing another Christmas. And she was, we laughed, ha ha ha, isn't that funny? But literally then I knew, like, I was not doing this. I was done. This, this idea of trading time for money. And I feel like that was 
it was divine timing. I never would have made it out with my pension. I never would have made it out with what I did if I had waited like another six ish months to leave. And no matter how good the job is or how high the wage is, ultimately there's something so unsatisfying about an hourly wage. I remember when I have been in it, in those types of jobs and you're like, all right, the next hour I'm going to make X amount of money. And it's never enough, especially if you're bored, especially if you don't love your work. I remember constantly thinking, okay, at the end of this hour, I'm going to make another X, Y, Z. And it just never felt like enough. It never seemed like it was worth it. And then that was it. So there was no motivation to work harder either. You're like, no matter what, this is what I get. This is it. Well, and it was a union job, right? And so it was a constant frustration of why do, why do I need to work harder? if no one else behind me is working harder, they're mm -hmm. all just going to put in their, their 50% or whatever it was like their, le I shouldn't say that their level of a hundred percent, like it kind of just, that's what frustrated me the most was here. Um, here I was sitting as an assistant manager in this position where I made almost $40 an hour. Well, more than $40 an hour, if you factor in the benefits, right. Um, but it was so unfulfilling. And I spent most of my time babysitting adults. Mm -hmm. And I was there attached to this box for nine hours a day. Mm -hmm. There's nothing. I, I got no fulfillment out of it. And all I kept seeing was, you only have another 25 years, Amanda. <laughs> 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 right? And I was like, yeah. So when I'm 60 then you can enjoy your life. No. And I, and I, I all of a sudden had this really deep, like, why am I asking as an adult, another adult, if I can have vacation time or time off, like it just stopped feeling easy. It used to feel easy, mm -hmm. you know, for a lot of years when I was raising kids and things like that, it felt easy because it felt like an easy paycheck, but it all of a sudden just started feeling awful. And I'm so grateful that, yes, I'm so grateful that my husband's income allowed, has allowed me the last five years. Well, the last, it was three and a half, really, that we relied on his, his earnings till mine got up to where I, where I was, where, where I was now I'm more right than, than uh, where I was. But it took time. It takes time to build. It takes time to learn. Mm -hmm. So you really jumped into it kind of blindfolded. What was the first step? Like all you knew was, uh, okay, I want to work for myself. I'm going to work online. What was, what was step one? And how so old I was you at this point too? Like how old are you when you're deciding to do this? So I was 42. Okay. So <laughs> everybody was like, oh, you're having a midlife crisis. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you, you could say that, but I really, honestly, I look at it and I think, no, that was the universe's way of saying go now or you won't. But what I started with was an MLM. I started with an MLM company that was sort of, I was, I was, um, bringing in, you know, between 12 and $1,500 a month on the MLM company that I was with. I was working that business. I was building a team. I enjoyed it. I had linked arms with another lady in my town. You know, we became fast friends, business besties, and we were hosting events in our home every week, building Buddha bowls and sal salad jars and things like that. Like we had this thriving community between the two of us that it was just nice. We weren't trading time for money. We were, we were actually impacting the health of our entire community. And so that's, that was the original intention was to do that. And mm -hmm. then when the world kind of <laughs> tilted on us, uh, those people went away because my girlfriend and I had very different quickly. We realized we were not like the herd, you know, we had turned towards the storm, not 
<laughs> away from it and just started, you know, going with the crowd. And so we lost that community. That was really, that was really massively pivotal in the shift of what was going on. We had amassed a, a Facebook group of 4,500 women. Like we were hosting weekly Zoom calls called Women in Business Wednesday, where we had other businesswomen coming in. We were collaborating. Like we had this big community in our, that was local, but also like kind of spanned North America. Mm -hmm. And then the world shifted and we were like, oh, we don't see things the way y'all see them. And what was that? What what was it about that that repelled people? When you say that you were running towards the storm, was it it was like the health measures and the things that were happening politically? Like what what caused the breakdown of those communities that you had built? So we found our whole community was very willing to just follow the the conversation, follow what everybody said. And my best friend and I were just like, yeah, this doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. We were lucky enough to have some powerhouses in our corner that we picked, sort of picked up the phone and picked up our, our phones and messaged them and said, we're not the crazy ones, right? Like we see this, <laughs> we see this differently. You see it differently too, right? And they were like, yes, yes, don't worry. Like you're okay. But the rest of our community, like and a lot of them locally, I mean, we took it on the chin for like a long, long time as we were walking into grocery stores unmasked, as we were just like, we were not. But those events that we were holding in our house, like nobody wanted to come. Mm -hmm. Nobody was coming, right? These two are crazy. Um, yeah, so it, it was like, we really only, we in, we just kind of went inside and we were like, okay, we're just going to do our own things online and we're going to find, and that's what happened is my, my MLM organization fell apart because my teammates that, although it was a health focused MLM, they were just like, oh, you're speaking out way too much. You're dangerous. Mm. Mm -hmm. right? You're dangerous, Amanda. And so the organization fell apart. The Facebook group was now going in a different direction. And it was like, okay, I need to figure out the next thing, the next reinvention. Which is so funny because prior to 2020, you have a group of 4,500 women. Um, guaranteed you guys weren't grilling each other on your faiths, your political leanings, your diet choices. Nobody cared until the TV said that you should ostracize certain people for their beliefs. Yeah. And, and that was, it was so shocking to us because we were like, you know, if there was an event, something going on in the town that we needed, they, they needed donations for, or there was some, you know, we would have women in business events in the town. Like we were always the first to jump in and say, okay, like we will help. We will support, we will volunteer. We will, we will donate, right? Like we were there and it was the, those same people that were like, oh no, you two are like a dumpster fire. Hmm. now to us because we weren't willing to just be part of the cool crowd mm -hmm. right like that's how it really felt to us was like we were back in high school and we weren't willing to conform <laughs> and so we I had to pivot like I had to learn how to make money in another way mm -hmm. and so I just started to take the skills that I had, the in-person skills, the people skills that I had customer service wise, sales wise that I had attained over all the years of working in retail. And I just learned how to put them online and start providing services for other service providers that didn't want to, that didn't have time to do it. Yeah, you would have learned so much from the network marketing business model, which I love, by the way. I, I don't know yeah. why people have such ick around it. Um, I think it's just because people don't know how to do business or marketing because the, the model itself is great. Like here you go starting brand new after like leaving your nine to five. So you get the business in a box. Here's the business. Here's what you have to do. 
but then the skills that you had to learn on your own yeah people skills sales skills marketing um how to build community those are all completely different things it is a great starting point for a business but now it's reinvention time again uh because that, that's burnt down to the ground yeah so what you were monetizing then it was actually the new skills that you had learned like how yeah. you grow a business how you make sales Nothing. yeah i think business providers um even now i mean Currently, we look at things like many chats and autoresponders and stuff like that are great, but they do still miss that human connection. They do still miss that that um, real that real human voice. And so I learned how to um, do reach outs to new followers and create the conversation. And if it wasn't, you know, I could connect them with resources that were available. I could set them up on discovery calls. And that took a lot of time, gave a lot of time back to um, online influencers, business people to say, okay, if I don't have to do it and -hmm. it's expanding my business, then it's worth having somebody like, like this on my team. Mm Mm-hmm. So that is, that was what I turned to. And on top of that, then I learned quickly that there is, that there is value in the wisdom that I had of learning all of the business stuff that I had learned in life. Cause I didn't, I didn't go to college. I went to work world. And so I learned sort of on the streets to, to do business. Mm-hmm. And so there was value in that. And the fact that I have I've always been somebody who can read people and just say, oh, I see this in you. I see that you have this ability. Mm-hmm. Perhaps this is clarity for you if I show it to you and because you can't see it often for yourself. So going into being part of Sarah Swain's Monetize Your Mind community was just such a um, a gift. And then being able to hone those skills to talk again to up and coming business people. Mm-hmm to support them on that journey. Right. So it's, it's just always never (laughs) accepting defeat. Mm -hmm. It's that constant reinvention of, no, you still have some skills. You still have the ability, right? Mm -hmm. I love that you spent some time, uh, like selling in the DMS and doing reach outs because, Selling is something that I teach on a lot because it's one thing that almost all business owners run away from and you cannot have a business without selling. And when people think of selling, they think like a sales poster or uh, uh, like just just a show commercial where they're actually just peddling something and sales is actually just connection. So the amount of clients that I have who never tap into the DMs and conversations, not realizing that's a sales opportunity is massive. They'll get these messages. Hey, I love what you do. And they go, thanks. And they just leave it hanging, not realizing that's an opportunity for conversation. Like talk to these people. That is a hot lead. Ask them what they like, ask them what they're looking for, get to know them. That is something that um, an automated messenger just actually can't do. Like if if you have engaged followers and you have someone reach out and say, hey, I wanna talk to you. That is huge and that absolutely leads to sales. Yeah, we definitely underestimate the ability to network and relationship build online. And I really think that is because I think the Gen Zs that are coming up are going to nail that. But that's not, that has not been natural to us as Gen X or even older millennials um, because we see ourselves more in person. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's not like it feels weird to build that relationship online. But for me, building relationships is, was a nat was just something that came naturally to me. So I wanted to get to know people online. I wanted to talk to them. And if you come to my space on Instagram, I post a picture of myself every single day, regardless of how I look and a poll. And I connect with at least 10 people that vote on that poll every single day, even if it's 
someone I know really well, I still send that DM and I ask them how they're doing because you never know. At some point, there could be something that I can offer them like that is going to to not necessarily, I'm, I don't do it as a, I'm going to sell them something, but I have a solution to provide for their problem. Mm -hmm. And that's how I've always looked at sales is that they have a problem and I just might have the solution or know somebody who has the solution to that problem. Mm -hmm. And bigger than, it's bigger than just selling. Mm -hmm. And the fact is we become salespeople from the minute that we can talk, because as toddlers, we're trying to, you know, sell our parents that we can do things without their help. And as we grow up, right, and then we become parents, and we're trying to sell to the toddlers that we don't want them to do the things that they want to do. It's a constant game of being a salesperson, but it's not. And if we just flip the script on sales to be a solution provider, yep, then it no longer feels icky. It no longer feels like those gross, hey girl message <laughs> that you get in your DMs or anything like that, right? And social media is a free tool for networking. What uh, I don't know if you have BNI groups or anything like that in your area, like these business networking groups. Mm -hmm. A lot of them charge like crazy amounts of money to be part of the monthly or biweekly meetings that they have. This is free networking right in our hand. Yeah, that's that's something that everyone needs kind of the reality check with when people complain about like the internet. I'm like, are you kidding me? If in the old days, you would have to get a briefcase and go knocking on people's doors yes. or pay an exorbitant amount of money for a radio ad. And you're complaining about this free epic tool in your back pocket that allows you to reach upwards of 2 billion people for free? For free. Is that a message? And you're not going to leverage that? Yeah. You're not going to leverage? Like I shared on my Instagram, uh, people do crazy things for money. Yeah. Right? Like they are making money. They're putting it out there. Uh, just I, I found a lady who makes, it's called Jizzy Jewelry. And it's exactly as it's exactly it, Carla. Men send them samples, sperm samples, semen samples to this lady who dries them and she molds it into clay and then makes like gems or something out of it and jewelry and then sells it back to them. What is happening? You're afraid to talk about your business. You're yeah. afraid to talk about <laughs> your dog grooming business. This lady is making videos of just yourself. And she's making jizzy jewelry. And you can't talk about your doTERRA business. Yeah, you're, you're afraid of selling essential oils. I saw another one today where a lady takes samples. People send her in pubic hair. She's making rings. She's, make, she's putting pubic hair on rings and sending it back to the people. And you are afraid of your shapes. You're afraid of selling shakes <laughs> and talking about how it has changed your life, these shakes. This lady is selling jewelry with pubes. Pubering. She's touching pubes. <laughs> what is happening? Oh, man. That is so funny. But that's, that's where I think to myself, okay, like, come on, guys. Come on. If this woman can make a reel of herself doing this, mm -hmm. you know, you can, you can send a voice note to five people in your DMs and just say, happy Monday. Mondays are hard. You know, I remember the anxiety. It's, it's not that difficult. It takes three minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, um, I think when we think selling, we think telling i have this for sale and and that is part of it sometimes but the your most impactful way of selling is by showing them what you can do so i hope you guys who are listening all took notes when amanda said she does polls in her stories and then just reaches out to those people um she just shares answers with them i do the same thing in my broadcast channel i'll go in there i'll drop a question um, or I'll invite them to ask me something about marketing, money, business. And then I don't just send them links for my programs. I coach them. I show them that I know what I'm talking about. I give them 
like a real solution. I give them a practice. I give them a tool. I'll give them recommendations. Sometimes it's my thing. Sometimes it's not. Um, and there's a lot of people out there just trying to tell people like, oh, buy from me. Behind the scenes is this special cool thing. Trust me. Um, it doesn't really work that way. You got to you gotta show them that you already know what you're talking about so that they then want to go a little deeper with you. That's right. And I that comes right around to the whole uh, money story issues. You talk about um, money all the time. The, the fact is that if you if you feel awkward about charging for a solution, then you need to check that money story that you have. Yeah. Because often the people who feel awkward about receiving for a solution that you can provide to somebody's problem are the people who are the first to line up and give money to people. Right? right. They're like, oh, I'll give it to you, but ooh, I feel weird about receiving it. Yeah. Question that. Question that belief. Don't question the person who is like charging more than you would ever true, uh, charge for the same service. Question why you're not feeling good about receiving. Mm -hmm. Where does that come from? It's it's a constant. If we are not challenging our beliefs then what happens is our subconscious mind just runs amok, right? We're never, we're never coming, coming back and, and saying, oh, that's not my belief. That's someone else's belief. And that's yeah. where, you know, if you had that, if you had that growing up, those parents, and I, I think we all had parents that didn't recognize or a, or a family member who didn't recognize like their money issues are being projected onto somebody else or onto the younger people, right? So you, it is your job. Your trauma might not be your fault, but it is your responsibility to do the healing. Yeah. Well, it's funny, even this week with the Tucker Carlson stuff, um, I got mostly really nice messages. And then of course there's some haters and someone had mentioned, um, oh, well, Tucker only cares about money. A, I've never heard anything like that, but B, the, the only thing I said to this person was, I don't have a problem with that. I, d I don't have a problem with people with money. I yeah, think like, we need more good people with money. I'm, I'm for that, 100%. Yeah. What, like, and that's so, question that belief. Why is it that you are judging people that have money? Yeah. Why is that? I know my dad was like, oh, rich people have, are assholes. I never want to be rich. And guess what? He never was. He never was rich and always had money issues. Whereas I'm like, put me in the room with the people who are making two, $3 million a year because I got questions. Yeah. I want to soak up that energy. Yeah. And I know the nicest people with money. There's also Klaus Schwab and like evil people with money too. Um, in the same way that there are so many poor people that are bad people, like the, the money didn't make or break that the money is the amplifier. So, uh, money makes good people better. It makes bad people worse, but poverty can do the exact same thing. Yeah. And I, and I've all often said that there's, there's really not that much distance between who you are right now and the person who can attract everything in life because the the distance is and i mean i i think okay so there's there's me and then there's donald trump and what is the difference between me and donald trump donald trump has uh a level of unwavering confidence about himself regardless of whether he's claim bankruptcy seven times, 12 times, whatever it is. He has an unwavering amount of confidence, nothing. It's unshakable. The level of confidence that he has in the ability to raise capital and create money for himself. Whereas even somebody like myself, like I feel really confident, but you never know that that carpet could get shook. And I'm like, Ooh, I don't have that same level of confidence where he is like, it is unshakable. And so when you are at that level, it's like the universe rewards you, but that's it. You are there, but he is up there vibrating at a level of his beliefs that the universe is just like, here you go, here you go, here you go, right? And when we are sitting in this, 
you know, sometimes we're up there and then we're not. And then sometimes we're up. Well, that's what happens. Like you'll notice when you're up there vibrating at the level of your dreams, the stuff is coming in. Life feels good. Things are easy. And the minute something shapes you, then it's like every piece of toast you toast falls peanut butter side down. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's learning how to get up and stay up in that unshakable level of confidence. Mm. Is that why you're working with the demographic that you are now? Because now you are called the side hustle queen. You yeah. are working with Gen X specifically. Yeah. Um, is, is that why? Are you seeing this more in this demographic? So when I look at the people in that Gen X age group, they are tired. They are overworked and undervalued. Uh, and they're a sandwich generation where they have still young kids that they're raising. And then they have aging parents that they're having to take a lot of them, a lot of us are having to take responsibility at some level for, right? And so if they're not working, they're either raising kids and going to um, sports or activities, or they're helping parents and cutting grass and doing things around that house, right? Like, so there doesn't feel like there's enough time. And currently, they are not the ones, a lot of them are not the ones that are making the high levels of income. So teaching them how to leverage the wisdom that they have and create side hustles that can work and and be automated sort of behind the scenes, teaching them how to do that to create another stream of income from, for themselves without taking time away from the responsibilities that they have is massively rewarding. But also I get to connect with more people in my age group, right? And help them understand that the it's not about commiserating, it's about connecting and helping shift their mindset to being worthy and valued and you know, I grew up in the 80s and those were really what in hindsight, when you look back on them, that's an interesting time because it's literally the birth of where they taught us as women to fight against each other. It was the it was the heyday for soap operas, both daytime and nighttime soap operas. And there was never one that was about women coming together while outside of like Charlie's angels, but even they fought against each other sometimes, right? Like it was more the dynasties, the young and the restless where women were just pitted against each other. I watched days, days of our lives. Mm -hmm. Right. Like <laughs> women were pitted against each other. That sold, that sold lots of advertising space for TV, for TV companies. Right. And so the desire to help people move away from that to mm -hmm. learn how to collaborate and come back together and understand that women are not your competition. They're part of your community. And then teaching them mm. easy, simple things and tactics to monetize their wisdom, their passions has been, um, yeah, really rewarding. And it's done well. Well, they're not Gen X, but I'm, I'm thinking of my parents who both um, like my dad was born in Hamburg, Germany, and then eventually immigrated to Canada as a kid. And in his brain, you work hard, you go to university, you get a good government job, and then you work that job until you die. Um, so he worked for like Manitoba Healthcare. Yeah, mm. we don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. Um, <laughs> And, you know, they had uh, decent paying jobs through the government and then they were only told to invest in RSPs and like, this is how you budget. Everything was like, these are the rules. And I have never followed the rules. I am one credit shy of having my university degree and I'll never go back and do it. I don't need it. My husband and I are both entrepreneurs. Uh, for 20 years, we moved every six months, traveling the entire world. Uh, both of us have made uh, way more money than we would ever have made with a university degree or a government job. And my dad would always phone and be like, are you okay? You know, <laughs> he'd call me in Nicaragua. Are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm great. Uh, call me in Whistler. Are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good. And it, it short circuited his brain. He just couldn't imagine 
that because it was so outside of the system, something must be wrong. And I, I would never say this, but I'm like, I'm doing, I'm doing better than you financially, joy wise, yeah. purpose. I'm having so much fun, dad. I am living free, but in his brain, not safe, can't compute. This isn't the way. Um, and I know that's still carried on to, uh, yeah, people that are in their forties and their fifties too, right? Not safe, does not compute. Yeah. And that's it. Like today I am 47 and a lot of the people that, you know, follow me on my socials. And I, I admit I have a bigger following through Facebook than I do through Instagram. And so a lot of the people on Facebook are friends that I went to school with. And a lot of them are, they're like in these jobs and they're like, but Amanda, I only have, you know, eight years before I can retire or five years before I re can retire. And I'm like, I really hope your pension is there. And just in case, let's like consider you could create like all this stuff. You could easily create a whole new income stream for yourself or multiple income streams if you just open your mind just a little bit. Like, let me ch chat to you. It really does not take much. Right? Let's talk about that because I agree with you there. I th I I think everyone needs a side hustle right now, yeah. if not to leave the system completely. Um, I don't think people are as safe as they think, even in good paying jobs with their money in the bank. That's a whole other story. Um, I, I I don't think it's uh, a nice to have like an extra stream of income. I think it's it's mandatory. And I see this is the things that th this is what you're teaching on too, right? You need a side hustle, even if you don't leave your job yet. Yeah. And that's exactly it. Like to think that you can just be a nurse and that the nurse that, that you have been for the last 20 years is not at risk of losing your job because you have a union. Like, I don't care. These are just rules that somebody has decided is, yeah. is a rule and that there has to be something like they can just come along. Yeah right? Like, and change things. I just think to myself, our government doesn't need to weaponize the military against us. They can just open the floodgates and let an entire country of people in that don't have any attachment to this land and weaponize them yeah. against yeah. us, right? So, and, and, and I don't necessarily mean with actual weapons, but if the, if people are allowed to come in and immigrate and are willing to work for less then honey, your job is at risk. Yeah. Right. So take the skills and the knowledge that you have as a nurse and utilize it in a whole other way, because yeah. there are digital products that you can create. There are side hustle services that you can do. Like it is literally thinking outside of the box. And I had a, a lady reach out to me recently and she's like, yeah, but if I start earning income, it's going to affect my long-term disability that I'm on. And I said, who says that you have to earn money? <laughs> like money, money that goes in your bank account. What if you got paid in gift cards? Mm -hmm. Right? That That's basically the same thing. And for the service provider that you're working for, it's 100% tax write-off. Yeah. Right? What if you got paid in gold and silver? You and I know the power of gold and silver and how important it is to have it on us mm -hmm. in the event that the world really collapses and our mm -hmm. and the and the currency collapses. Like we have to continue to stay open to ideas that you can you can earn money without affecting your bottom line, even. Mm -hmm right? Mm -hmm. There's lots of things that you could do, but literally like tap into what is inside your head. I don't care. People are paying to learn how to crochet. People are paying, people are paying tens of thousands of dollars to learn how to learn more about their own human design. Yeah. Like, have you seen the prices of those courses? Sweetheart, you can build something in, in literally with AI quickly and start selling it for $47 that probably teaches them just as much as that human design course, <laughs> right? 
And it's actually like, I I had a conversation with a client today. She wants to earn an extra hundred dollars a day. I would say, great, let's, let's do it. Let's figure it out. Do you want to sell five $20 items? Do you want to sell two $50 items? Like we can do this. Mm -hmm. And she wants to do it using her culinary nutrition certificate. Okay. Like anything is possible. Yeah. You can even sell pube rings. Anything. You can can sell (laughs) jewelry. Like I think the market for that is probably massive and there isn't a lot of people doing it. Yeah. (laughs) It's not flooded. And that's the thing like this. And this person has Mm -hmm. a house cleaning business. Yeah. And she's like, the market is saturated. I go, that is, that's the silliest thing you've could have, you could have said to me, the market is saturated in our area for house cleaners because they're building another 5,000 houses over here. Yeah. How many houses can you actually clean in a week? And that's what I said. And she's like, well, I'm only one person. I go, so hire, charge $45 an hour, pay out 25. I said like, this is silly. You don't have to be here. We can build you a whole business. Yeah. And you can go because her, her desire is to not be here next winter. Okay. I can like, Hmm. we can do this, but you've got to put in the work. I can put it out in a framework, but you have to do it. You have to put the effort into it. Well, what it all boils down to is a willingness, just a willingness um, and a vision. That's that's it. You know, when someone like I, I bet there's people listening to this right now and they're like, well, I don't have time for that. Well, you know, my friend Rebecca from Corduroy runs a restaurant. She runs um, Sovereign Square. She runs a sourdough making business. Uh, she runs an online coaching community. She's got five children. Yeah. She exercises every day. She wakes up at four in the morning. So don't don't tell me about time because it's not. It's never about time, and it's never actually about money. It's actually just a willingness, your belief in yourself to do it, and a vision for yourself. That's right. all you need. But this is where okay. So that generally though, people don't know what they want. Yes. Because we are consumers rather than producers. And if we spent half as much time producing content, producing anything that then we do consuming, we'd be a hundred percent closer to what we actually want or knowing what we actually want than we are currently because we doom scroll mm-hmm. and sit and compare and despair. How come she can, how mm-hmm. come they are right we consume, figure Mm -hmm. out how to produce things. Yeah. Figure out how to produce it. And then you don't have time to consume it. You don't have time to compare and despair. Mm -hmm. But I think as a, as a society, again, I can speak from the time of the eighties till now, they beat that, they beat that um, creative time out of you so that you don't know what you want. Yeah. When you ask somebody, what do you want? And they say, oh, I want a new car. Well, have you ever bought a new car? Oh yeah, I've bought a new car. Why do you want another new car? You've already done that. Like, don't you want something better? Or you ask what they want and they give you a long list of all the things that they don't want. That's that's always my first coaching question, right? What do you want? And they say, well, I don't want to work this nine to five. I don't want to work hour per hour. I don't want, I'm like, okay, that's great. What do you want? I'm like, I have no idea. And they've and they've not spent a single moment in creative time thinking, what do I want? Mm-hmm. What do I want? Like really, like, oh, I like I would live in a cardboard box with my husband if it meant having, you know, my biggest wildest wildest desires. Mm-hmm. So, but figuring it out, like getting really super clear on what it is that you want. I, I would, I would live in Florida in a, in a cardboard box with Pete. Like if I could just never have to live another winter in this country, <laughs> but he has this thing about his family and whatever. <laughs> I'm cool with FaceTime. He likes to see them in person, <laughs> but it just get really clear on what it is that you want. 
And it needs to be something that you want so badly that when the rug gets pulled and your faith gets a little shaken, that it, you still are like, nope, I still want this. And it doesn't matter. I'll go around. I will go over. I will go through. Mm -hmm. Because I'm so getting that. How does someone start figuring that out? They've never been asked that. They've never asked themselves that. They've never been taught that they could actually just have anything that they want. What What is their first step in trying to figure that out? Carved out time where you sit with no noise. Mm -hmm. Right? Car you. We know this. The ideas come to you in the shower. You know, if you're not like us listening to podcasts in the shower, the ideas will come to you in the shower. You get this download because that's the only place where you can be where the world is completely shut off. Mm -hmm. So allow that, like give yourself that time. If the shower is your space for you, great. For me, it's in the car driving. Like I just don't turn on the radio. My, my phone goes on, do not disturb. And I can drive and the downloads and the hits and the, and the moments that you stop and you get out of the car and you're like, oh, mm. right. It's literally shutting off the noise and making a consistent time to do it like daily until you can get clear. You're not going to wake up and be like, I know it. I know what it is. It's deciding, you know what, I'm going to figure it out, figure it out over the next 30 days. I'm going to yeah. sit every day for five minutes with nothing, nothing. Yeah. And I'm going to get clear. I'm going to clear the fog. And it's, it pretty quickly turns from five minutes to 10 minutes to I'm not done yet because this vision of where I am in my life is way better to live there than it is in the current world. Mm. Yeah. And maybe even some like trial and error too. Like, because we're going to have to keep revisiting that white space to see, oh, is this working? Because maybe you do get it and you're like, actually, I don't love this or this isn't for me. You know, like you said, you, you pivoted a few times. So some of it was trial and error. Like the first, the network marketing business worked. Yeah. And then, oh, okay, now we need something else. And, you know, recently you pivoted your brand as well. Um, so that like, that's part of it too. You have to just like, I guess you keep checking in. Is this the right path? Do I want to do this thing? Is this fun for me? That's a big one. Is, is yeah. this fun? Because it's the long haul. If it's not fun for you, you're not going to do what it takes. No. And, and that's the thing though. You can't be, you can't get stuck. If we've learned nothing since 2020, having a fixed mindset mm -hmm. doesn't, doesn't work. It leads you, it leads towards danger. I would say 95% of the time having that fixed mindset, mm -hmm. having unwavering self-belief, having unwavering confidence and commitment to always saying yes to yourself first. Those are solid things to have, but a fixed mindset and a flix, fixed belief state, that's not serving us. Mm-hmm. If I had a is stuck in a fixed belief state, I would still be this angry woman after her first marriage fell apart. Mm -hmm. I've created a thriving co-parenting relationship with my ex-husband and with the woman he had an affair with for the better part of a year. Like we all get along can be in the same room together, all of that kind of thing. But if I hadn't, have changed my beliefs that it was possible. I would be angry. My kids would not be as, as content as they are. Like there would be just a constant level of animosity. I wouldn't be right here today. Same with the business, you know, that the first business crumpling, you could right. have been, Oh, well, this isn't for me. I'll just go back to the LCBO and let that fester. Yeah. There was, there was a four hour period in 2021 where I went and applied at the Bank of Montreal and worked a four hour shift. I was 34 seconds through the door and they said, are you vaccinated? And I said, no. <laughs> are you going to? No. <laughs> they said, here's a mask. You can go stay, sit in that back corner <laughs> and do your training. And I was like, 
oh, I'm in a box. Oh, I don't want to be in a box. I don't like boxes. I'm claustrophobic. And I literally sat for four hours and then I was like, oh, I can't do this. I said at the end of it, I said to the lady, I go, I appreciate this opportunity. And I walked down the street to the coffee shop, to a coffee shop, and a woman stopped me in the middle of the street and said to me, I see you online. Do you do social media management? I said, I absolutely do. I had no Shut idea. Up. I that did, did not. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I a hundred percent do. I had no idea. I had no clue, but I was like, this is what I do. I am a social media manager <laughs> <laughs> for a brick and mortar clothing store. And I did that. Like that was it. I came home. I mm -hmm. said to my husband, I quit the, I quit the bank, but don't worry. I have another job. I'm a social media manager. <laughs> he was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That is so awesome. That so is so awesome. It's literally just being like, I'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. Right? It's that unwavering belief that even when it gets really sticky, mm -hmm. you will figure it out. Right? It it does have a way of working itself out and you can learn something new and you can, and it doesn't have to be overwhelming and it's not a university course. And literally the tech skills today just are not what they were in the early nineties when we were all like, oh, I have to remember all this code to, to turn on the machine, right? Yeah. It is so much simpler than that, but because that's your paradigm, that's your current belief system, then it's holding you back from really succeeding and having the biggest triumphs of your life. Hmm. So it sounds like the work that you're doing with Gen Xers now, it sounds like there's a lot of mindset involved. Um, yeah. But then what happens? Then what happens? Are you helping them like design this blueprint for their way forward? Um, are you doing the work with them? What is so that? A lot like? of times I get them on as a group. And we literally, like, I'm like, turn on the Zoom on your phone and let's get on the computer and I will share my screen like inside Canva and let's actually learn the Canva skills. Let's mm -hmm. learn the skill of chat GPT. Let's actually physically go through these together, mm -hmm. right? It is, it can't just be being talked at. It needs to be literal workshop style. And you must see that in the Sovereign CEO, like, because you have the content creation days, right? Yeah. And I'm sure people are far more productive during those periods than at any other time. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because well, and everyone learns differently. You know, some of us can consume like a PDF. Some of us need to watch a long training. Others of us don't have like the capacity to watch a long training. We right. need like, someone to handhold. It's yeah, it's it's very like person dependent. And that's so the current program that I'm actually that I've got launched and is starting this week is called Passions to Paychecks. Right. And so there is a full PDF that will walk them through everything that they need to know. But I am hosting four separate dates where they can get on a live Zoom call with me and we will work through that same PDF together mm. for one hour. And then the second hour, it is going to be now implementing some skills and getting the chance to ask the questions. I love that because people buy things all the time, all the time and they don't do a dang thing with it. So just even that accountability that, okay, I'm not letting you just buy this thing. Yeah. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna make you use it right now. What do they say? 12% of people who buy a course are the ones that actually complete the course. Yeah, I've been 12%, guilty. 12%, I don't know. Well, how many courses have you bought? I know I've, bought, I've spent thousands on courses that I've never actually completed. So much, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because you get part of the way through it and you're like, oh, I've taken everything I needed from that course. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of people in that, um, in out in the world right now that are like make money online. And they're just sort of flipping a program, flipping a course, and they're not taking the time to connect with the person who's buying it. And, and really supporting them through the process. And that's where I think it is not so much about money 
as it is about impact. And when you stop chasing money and you start chasing impact, money shows up. Mm -hmm. I agree. Right. And that's, that's what, that's my mission for 2024 is how many lives can I impact? Because I believe that if I can help more Gen Xers create their, create their own economies, create their, their second and third and fourth streams of income, we will be better off. Mm -hmm. You don't have to quit your job to do it. One last question for you. I can tell already just from talking with you that you already have a strong belief about yourself. Yeah. What did you need to believe about the world in order to make this successful? That I have always been a big believer in my voice matters. My voice matters, whether it's on a voting ballot at a community meeting and that I am not going to allow someone else's um, discomfort to stop me from speaking. And I think that if more of us took that on, we, again, we'd be better for it because we're allowed to be uncomfortable. People say things to me all the time that I don't agree with. Mm -hmm but I don't think they're terrible people. Mm -hmm. I mean, through the pandemic, I've had people say to me, I I wouldn't help you if you were on fire and I wouldn't help your kid either. Wow. Uh, okay. I will, mm -hmm. I still donated to those people when they had a GoFundMe set up because their parents were sick. Mm -hmm. I will still donate because that's what we do. We help our community members even when they're shitty, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? Yeah. The belief is, the belief about the world is that people are scared. Mm -hmm. Not shitty. I like that. I think, I think we're seeing a real, for, for those of us that are, that are winning right now, that are doing well, um, that is the next evolution is there's the softening. We're not stuck in the resistance it's not this fu energy it actually is healing and yeah i just want to commend that because that's that's hard to do it's really hard not it's hard to not vilify people because there's a lot of stupid things being said <laughs> it's easy to sit in cynicism and skepticism about people and the world that's easy that's yeah. easy and don't get me wrong. We have our days. I have my days where I'm like, they're never going to, they're never going to wake up. They're never going to figure it out. <laughs> right? Like we're doomed. Like I have my days, but more days I'm like, it's okay. We're moving forward. We're going ahead. We're still mm -hmm. going forward. Which is what we talked about with selling show. Don't tell. Right. Show them that this is the way that we're just fine that the world is still a good place, not just telling people. If we just need to stop buying into <clears throat> the narrative, <laughs> stop buying into it, right? People are, people say it's expensive. Life is expensive. I can't, if, if you want to believe that, or you can say, I'm just going to make an extra thousand bucks this month and then I'll be able to do what I want yeah yeah what's stopping you yeah well if you walk around saying people don't have the money yeah they do yeah, they, they do, do. Mm -hmm. we watch I watch them spend it all the time on things yeah you all everybody has a thousand dollar iPhone if this went for a swim in the lake you'd go out and get a new iPhone <laughs> yeah so you'll not convince me that you won't spend $47 on a program. I use a yoga studio in New York that I really love. It's $88 a month. Why would I do that when there's so much free yoga on YouTube? I have no problem spending the money on what I want. Yeah, exactly. I, I do. I look at all of these. Um, in, there's incredible course providers out there that are teaching services that really are not that integral but people will buy them because mm -hmm. they believe that they are going to change their lives. Mm -hmm. 
And at the end of the day, if you can provide the solution and the pain is big enough, mm-hmm. there's money. Yeah. It's always money. Yep. And getting people through that belief that there isn't enough money or that there's only a finite amount of money. That's, that's really the mindset shift that has to switch. Thank you for coming here today, Amanda. You're welcome. Thanks for the invite. I loved it. Um, I'll make sure that I put uh, your channels in the show notes so people can follow up. If they're listening at home and they're a Gen Xer and they're like, okay, I think this might be for me. <laughs> yes, definitely reach out. It's a great episode. I would love to hear what you think. Uh, if you are a JEDXer and you were listening to the show, if you want to get a hold of Amanda, you can find the links in the show notes. Uh, you can also find her on Instagram. I am Amanda Steele. Steele is spelled S-T-E-E-L-E. Again, that'll be linked up in the show notes. It's important to pay attention to money right now. It always has been, but more now more than ever, it's important to create more freedom in your life and it's time to take radical responsibility for all ways of living i'm talking about your mindset i'm talking about your money i'm talking about creating work that you love because tyranny is only a problem if you don't take responsibility for your life if you are brave enough to go down the sovereign ceo journey you can take your power back it starts with your money And that's where you're going to be hearing more experts just like this. I want to teach you guys how you take your power back, how you get your money back so that no matter what happens with the world around you, you're going to be just fine. Thanks everyone for listening to the show. If you like this episode, please share it to your stories. Consider giving us a five-star review and I will see you guys next time.